everyone, and welcome to So Mindful Podcast, where we dig into the tips, tricks, and topics that will help you have great fun making clothes that make you feel fabulous. I'm your host, Jackie Blakemore of So Much More Fun, and without further ado, let's get into this week's exciting episode. Hello, my lovely listeners, and welcome to episode 12 of the So Mindful podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and this week I'm flying solo again to talk to you about a topic that I think can be really challenging, but also so rewarding once you start to understand a bit more about it, and that is fabric. One of the most common questions I see in sewing forums and groups is around tips on choosing and buying the right fabric. And if you don't have access to physical fabric shops or stores near you, then buying online can seem daunting. Fabric is so tactile, so is it really possible to buy it successfully online? Well, I actually believe it can be easier to buy online than it can in shops, and I'm going to share my reasons why and my top tips to help you if you've ever struggled to master buying in the virtual environment. So what makes buying fabric online so difficult? Well, I think there are three main reasons. So the first is the colour. It's really difficult from a photograph on a website via your computer or your mobile phone to get a real sense of the true colour or shade of the fabric. So whilst it might be a similar tone, and you may have done this yourself before, I've certainly bought fabrics that I thought were going to look one way and when they arrived looked completely different to the colour that I'd imagined. And so it can be really difficult to make sure that the fabric that you're buying is the exact colour that you're looking for or an exact match for your collection that you're planning. The second reason is that we can't feel the fabric. Obviously, it's online, you're looking at a photograph of it, and some of the better websites will include videos of somebody maybe folding or opening the fabric. But still, it can be difficult to get a sense of the true feel. You definitely can't touch the fabric, and if it's textured, you can't feel the texture. You also can't get a sense of the drape necessarily just from a photograph. And the third reason is that you can't feel the weight or check the thickness of the fabric. So again, it can be difficult to get a sense of whether this will work, whether it will If you've got a particular design that includes pleats or gathers, whether it will gather nicely, whether it will drape, whether it will hang, or whether it will be thick enough if you're doing a project for maybe a coat or an outer garment, you know, how will the fabric behave and will it be warm enough or cool enough for the summer, depending on what it is that you're looking for. So bear in mind those three things. It sounds like it should be impossible to buy fabric online, right? Well, I have a few tips up my sleeve to help you, but first I'd like to start by taking you on a little tangent to talk a little bit about the jargon associated with fabric. So there are a few bits of jargon that I think it's useful to know because they help describe the properties of the fabric. And the more you get familiar with the jargon, the easier it becomes to hone in on the fabrics that you'll love. So this is like any new kind of hobby or skill that you're acquiring. There's going to be some words that you're not familiar with. There's going to be some terms that you don't really understand. And so getting to know those and understand those will really help you be more confident about choosing fabrics and ordering them online. Okay, so the first term that we're going to talk about is the fibre, i.e. what the fabric is made from. So there are some fibres that are categorised as natural, such as cotton, linen, wool, silk... And then there are other fibres that are categorised as man-made, things like polyester, rayon, elastane, you might have heard the word viscose. So fabrics can be made from one fibre or from a blend of fibres. So an example might be polycotton, where it's made from a combination of polyester and cotton. 
Now the reason that the fibres are important is because they affect the feel of the fabric and the structure or drape of the fabric. So for example, cotton and linen tend to have a bit more structure. So any, any fabrics made from cotton or linen tend to be a bit more firm and they hold their shape a bit better. Whereas fabrics made from something like rayon or silk tend to be more drapey. So the nature of those um, fibres is that they are softer and they fabrics made from them will include more drape or feel softer to the touch. Pure linens and wools can be more textured. So sometimes if you buy a pure wool, um, then it can feel a little bit scratchy. Whereas fibres like bamboo or acetates are often smoother to the touch. But the fibre is only one part of the puzzle. So the next bit of jargon that we're going to talk about relates to how the fabric is constructed. So the most common methods of construction are weaving, knitting, felting and lace. The way the fabric is constructed determines its texture, its warmth or breathability and it also influences its structure, its stretch or its drape. So weaving is the process of interweaving two sets of threads, the warps which run vertically and the wefts which run horizontally on a weaving loom. Typically woven fabrics are quite structured and fairly stable um, and they don't tend to have a lot of stretch unless they have been woven with a fibre, something like elastane, that does allow the fabric to stretch, but they are generally fairly stable. Compared to that, knitted fabrics are constructed from yarns by a series of interlinked loops. So this is often done on knitting machines and the size of the stitch determines the delicacy or the chunkiness of the fabric. And it depends on the size of the needles and the thickness of the yarn used. And knit fabrics tend to have some stretch in them, so they have quite a bit of give, mainly due to the fact that they're made from these, these loops within the fabric that give that um, ability for the fabric to move. So when you're searching through the online fabric stores, what you'll find is that the greatest selection of fabrics tend to be either woven or knitted. And if you want to find some of the other fabrics, then you'll either have to search specially for those, or they tend to be less common. Within the categories of wovens, there are different names given to the different methods of weaving. So some examples that you might have heard of are plain weave, which is the most common, a twill weave, a pile weave, which is things like velvet or corduroy where they've got a kind of nap to the fabric. So when you touch it, it feels like it's got like little, almost like little hairs on the fabric. Or double cloth weaves such as blankets, brocades and satin ribbons. So in relation to knit fabrics, the most common fabric types are jerseys. You'll also see the term interlock or pontiroma. Um, there are ribs and sweatshirts, terry fabrics, things like that. So they all fall into the category of knit fabrics. So once we know the construction method and we start to get more familiar with those, then we can start to understand a little bit more about what's that name of the fabric telling us. So if you see something that is a cotton twill, then you'll know that it is going to be fairly structured because it's made from cotton. Um, and the twill indicates that you'll see a slight pattern on the fabric of the, the weave that is used for a twill. Also, because of the way a twill is woven, it means that it's slightly more dense than it would be with a plain weave. So that's going to have, again, a bit more structure. And then coupled with that, when we start to look at the weights of the fabric, um, then you'll also get a sense of how heavy or lightweight the fabric's going to be and whether it's going to work for your particular project. So bearing all of those things in mind, let's dive into my nine favourite tips for choosing fabrics online. So the first is decide on your project. 
This helps to narrow down the vast selection of the choice out there. And if you're using a commercial pattern, there'll often be suggestions on there for which fabrics that they recommend for that particular type of pattern. Now I know, I know, it's tempting. We see a fabric and then we try and decide on a project after we've seen the fabric because we just love the fabric. And I totally get that. But if you want to buy online, then scrolling through pages and pages of fabrics probably isn't going to be the most fruitful way to start to buy things that are going to work for the kind of projects that you want to make. So I think this probably is the most important. It's almost like, again, going back to one of my favourite sayings, which is start with the end in mind. What is it that you wanted to make? So what's the project? And then work back to what are the ingredients that you're going to need to make that project? One of which being your fabric. Okay, so if I've convinced you on that, then let's move on to the second one. So as part of deciding on your project first, um, the next step is going to be deciding on your colour scheme. So you'll have seen me post recently about the experiment with the 3x3 My Body model, Sudoku almost, for uh, designing a mini collection. And I found that super useful. And coupled together with some tips from Imogen Lamport on Inside Out Style, I was able to create a small palette that I could use for my mini collection. And I have to say that really, really helped me focus in and hone in on the fabrics that I wanted to search for, for that particular project. So I knew roughly what the colour scheme was that I was going to go with and I knew exactly what the style of the garments were that I was going to make. And so that helped me decide what colour combinations I wanted to use and whether I was going to go with all solids or whether I was going to use any patterns. And as it turned out, I picked predominantly solid colours and then just put a sprinkling of pattern in there to help you know, add some interest. So decide on your colour scheme and also decide whether you want solid colours or whether you want to include some patterns. If you want a pattern, then what colour combinations are you looking for? You don't have to decide all the answers and you can be open to inspiration as you start your search. But if you have an idea in mind, that will really help you focus your search because there's a lot of stuff out there. And if you're planning ahead and making a mini collection, then you can search your combinations all in one go. So you can start to look for things that go together. And as you order your samples, you can see how well they work together. So once you've got your colour scheme, then you can start to look at the types of fabric that you want to choose. Now it can be a bit daunting because as we said, there's lots of different terms and names for fabrics. So one of my first suggestions would be, and this is step number three, is to go to your wardrobe and start to look at the kinds of garments that you already have. So I'm sure if you're not already making your own clothes, you'll be buying clothes and on those clothes you'll have a label. And on the label it will tell you the fibre or fibres that the garment is made from. So this can be really useful just to give you a sense of what do you like and what do you dislike. Do you have any garments that you really love the feel of? Do you have any garments that you're not that keen on that feel a bit too stiff or that don't really have any give? If you would like something that feels a bit more natural. Do your garments have stretch or are they very structured? Are your garments soft to the touch or are they textured? So start to have a look at the kind of things that you like or dislike just by looking at what's already in your own wardrobe. And start to make a note of the fibres. They won't usually tell you the name of the fabric exactly, but they will definitely tell you the fibres used in the construction of that. And so you'll start to see whether you tend more towards natural fibres, like cottons and silks and so on, or whether you also have a sprinkling of man-made fibres, things like polyesters, within your, within your wardrobe. And if you like fabrics that are stretchy, then you'll also start to see that the fibres included are things like elastane. So you'll see some percentage of elastane. 
And if there's anything that you're not in love with in your wardrobe or you're looking for a change of inspiration, then you can search online in the ready-to-wear shops, so anywhere where you can buy clothes online, and just check out the descriptions um, for the types of fabrics and fibres that they're using in those garments. So if you see something that you'd really like to make, what I tend to do is just check in the description or in the the sometimes like a, a fabric care section, um, and in there, it will often tell you what the fibre is that's been used to make the fabric and then any percentage. So if it's a blend with, you know, of, of two fibres, then it will, it will tell you the percentages. So when you're buying a fabric, often it, it will be made either of a single fibre, which we talked about earlier. So something that's pure cotton or pure linen or expensive stuff like pure cashmere. But sometimes it will be a blend of two fibres. And the reason why um, manufacturers use blends of fibres is because you get almost like the best of both worlds of those two different fibres. So, for example, something like linen. Linen is beautiful because it's very breathable, it's very natural, and it's strong. It's a strong, it's a strong fibre. But on its own, if you were to just wear linen clothes on their own, they can be a bit structured, they can, they crease terribly and they can be a bit scratchy and so what you what the the textile manufacturers do is they combine linen with something like rayon or viscose and so you might see a combination of those two and depending on the percentage of linen versus viscose then it will affect the properties of the fabric so a good example um, recently we wanted to make a dress for a friend of mine and we ordered some samples of linen blends. So we ordered four samples. The first was a rayon and linen blend, and it was 55% rayon and 45% linen, and it was termed as being a medium weight. And the, the kind of structure of that, it's a fairly loose weave, so it's quite, it's quite soft to touch, but it's fairly textured and it's not smooth. So, it's, so whilst it's got a little bit of drape, it's still fairly structured. So a nice sample, but probably not the one that we were going to choose. The next one that we ordered was a cotton and linen blend. So 45% cotton and 55% linen. And again, because cotton is slightly softer than the linen, the idea of ordering that blend was to give it a bit more kind of a lighter weight feel, I guess. But again, it's still, it's a fairly firm fabric and you can still see the texture of the linen on the, in the weave, but it's not, it's not super drapey. And so I think it would have probably had a bit too much structure for the dress that we were trying to create. The next one that we ordered was a linen and viscose blend, which was 55% linen and 45% viscose. And this was deemed as being a heavyweight. And this was definitely a contender. I mean, it's really, uh, it's kind of soft to the touch, but I think the weight of it probably would be more suitable for a jacket than it was for the dress or maybe a winter dress. But she wanted this for something in the summer. And so we didn't go with this. The texture is beautiful. You can see all the lines of the weave. And I really love that that kind of aspect of it and that there are different there are clearly different kind of gradients of thread being used because you can sort of see the differences in the weave itself um, and whilst it is beautiful it wasn't right for this project and the one that we actually ended up going for was still a viscose and linen blend but it was actually 78% viscose and only 22% linen and it was termed as being a medium weight and it's so soft and it's really drapey but it's also got the beautiful texture and the look of the linen on the surface of the fabric and so we've got the best of both worlds and so we went with that one partly because it was really it felt really breathable it was really lovely again your skin 
And so I was quite surprised by the percentage of viscose in that sample, but we absolutely loved it and I've ended up ordering more of that since then. And when you kind of compare these to one another, you can really feel the difference of the combinations of those fibres. And so I do really recommend you experimenting with different blends and different combinations just to get a sense of how those things go together and what impact it has on the final fabric. So we strayed a little bit off topic there, but I just wanted to, while I was thinking about percentages, I think it's important to explain what we were referring to there. So now I want to just recap on step four, which is, as we've kind of talked about, ordering samples. And I prefer the websites that offer samples, as this allows you to check the feel and the weight of the fabric before buying. And as that example that I just gave you shows, they can be quite different, even with fairly similar properties. And so I do think it's worth getting a sample. The other benefit is that you can um, check the colour against your um, colour palette and equally against other fabrics that you might want to buy. And I think this is especially important if you are buying fabrics with patterns, because sometimes the tone or the shades of the pattern don't photograph quite as well as they come out in real life and so uh, I think getting that that combination in front of you and then being able to put that against your other fabrics uh, really helps you make sure that everything's going to go together. So some websites offer samples and I tend to favour these ones and I'll put a list of those in the show notes and some of them you have to pay for the sample but what I would say is whilst that might seem like oh well if I'm going to pay for that then I might as well pay for the fabric My experience is that you save a lot of money by not ordering fabric that you actually didn't really like. And it also gives you a chance to build your knowledge in a way that is sustainable. So you can order the small samples and start to collect those. And then you've got something to refer back to for the future. So you don't have to keep ordering samples, but you'll get a sense of what to look for and where to look. So I'd highly recommend that. And there are some sites, like I say, that offer those. And if you go to, there are a few sites that are offering packs of samples. So one is Contrado, which they do, you can print your own designs on their fabrics. And I do like their samples, they're okay, but I think it's quite hard to tell from that what the final fabric is going to feel like. They're quite small samples, um, but they do give you a sense of certainly fabric weights and, you know, the feel of of certain different types of fibre and different blends. And there's quite a wide selection for not very much money. The other place that I really like is Ray Stitch. So Ray Stitch do kind of sets of samples. So you can get like a set of denim samples or a set of linen samples and you get probably 10 or 12 in the set and they include on there usually the weight of the fabric, the description of the fabric and then they come usually in similar colours so that you can, you're not kind of put off by them all being patterned or anything like that. So they're quite useful for setting up your swatch library which, I'm, which I would recommend. The other place is Fashion Formula. And Fashion Formula, again, similar to Contrado, you can order a set of samples of different fabrics um, because they want you to order their fabrics to be printed on. But some other great sites include, I mean, I go to Minerva a lot. I use Fabric Godmother, produce just lovely samples. They give you a really good piece of the fabric and their fabrics are beautiful. Guthrie and Garney offer samples, My Fabrics offer samples and they also have a feature on their website where you can create almost like a swatch card of your own on their website, which is fantastic. And I also love Dalston Mills. I think they do some lovely fabrics and they also offer samples. So start to build up your library of the the kind of websites that you can use where you can go and get some of those. And then you can start to compare the different fabrics and the different weights and so on and really get to grips with, with what you're buying and what to look for and what you like. 
Okay, so that brings me on to step five, which is building your sample library. And I have a bag full of samples. Well, it's now in a box, actually. Um, and I refer to it really regularly because I want to know what the properties of different fabrics are going to be. So that gives me ideas of what to look for when I go and do my search. So what I've done is I've included a template in the show notes that you can use. And I'd recommend that when you order your fabric samples, copy and paste the details from the description of the fabric into your template. And then when the fabric swatch arrives, you can just clip it onto the template. Now, the reason I say that is because quite a lot of the sites, when they ship the samples, they don't include all the details. They don't often include, you know, what the sample fabric's composition is, and they don't usually include the weight. So if that is available in the description, then copy and paste that at the time that you're ordering it, print out your sample page and then just clip your samples to it when they arrive and stick that in your sample library and then you can start to build up groups of samples and I think that's just a really useful way to start to get to know different fabrics and different terminology um, and just the different feels. Okay, so my next recommendation is to check the weight. And we touched on this a bit earlier, but again, just going back to the grams per square meter of the fabric. So when you're buying fabrics, what you're looking for is the is some indication of the weight. Now, some some websites will just say heavy, medium or light weight. You know, they're the kind of they're the options. But the better websites will include the grams per square meter. And sometimes even if it isn't included, if you email them, they will tell you or they'll be able to find out that information. And I've done that a few times and the websites have been really helpful and sent me that those details. So again, just to recap, so the weight bandings, I would say up to about 100 grams per square meter is probably lightweight, really. That's things that you might wear for blouses. It's things that you might use for sort of overlays, anything like that. So fairly lightweight fabrics. Anything between 100 to 200 GSM or grams per square meter, they're what I would call you sort of your staple weights, really. They're what most of your garments are probably made from. And they're fairly typical, like the kind of medium weight range. And then going up from there, sort of 200 plus, 200 to 300, that kind of thing. I would say you're probably getting into the heavier weights, medium heavy to heavyweight fabrics. So they're things that you're going to wear probably more in the winter or warmer fabrics or just something a bit more substantial. And so if you think about the kinds of fabrics in those different categories, so things like your voils, your double gauze, um, some of those fabric types, they're going to be in the very lightweight um, because there's, a, there's they're quite loose weaves, so there's kind of gaps in the fabric, um, you, there might be a bit see-through, a bit transparent, that kind of thing. Um, so they're going to fall into the lighter weight category. Your medium weight fabrics are generally not going to be quite so see-through, although you can get some medium weight lace, which is obviously see-through. But again, the weight is going to be determined by the thickness of the fibres that are used or how densely it's woven or knitted. And so in your medium weight, you're going to have things like some of your jerseys. And you can get, so they can still be fairly soft. So things like a bamboo or a viscose jersey um, will still be really soft and really drapey, but it can still be medium weight. So it's not see-through, it's it's reasonably warm. And so that you can kind of determine... By the, by the weight category of the fabric, you know, what, what you might want to wear it for. And then in the heavier weight category, you're going to have things like your denims, some of the ponty romas that you see, so the sort of more solid and, and dense knitted fabrics. They're going to come into that heavier weight category. 
So, so check the weight, and like I mentioned before, when you order a sample, make a note of the weight as well as the name of the fabric, because then you can start to build up experience of what does a heavyweight fabric feel like, you know, your denims and things like that, and what does a lightweight fabric feel like. And so if it describes it just by light or medium or heavy, you've got a bit of a sense of how it's going to feel. So my seventh tip would be to consider the blends. We've kind of touched on this before, but looking at the different proportions... And so things like, you know, if you're looking for stretch fabrics, it's important to look at the percentage of elastane, for example, because that will determine how stretchy your fabric's going to be. If you, if you want something like leggings, then you want, you're going to want something that's going to be probably a medium weight. And you want a reasonable amount of stretch, but it's got to have a good recovery as well. Equally, if you are choosing cotton with elastane, cotton is is a more structured fibre. And so those ones tend to be a bit less drapey. And so if you're making T-shirts, if you made a T-shirt from a cotton um, and elastane mix, then it's likely that that will have a bit of structure and it will hold its shape. Whereas if you made a t-shirt from viscose and elastane, then it's going to be really soft and drapey and it would be good for things like that, things that have a cowl neck, for example. But it might be a bit too clingy if you were going to make a whole dress, you know, so you might want to just consider those, those combinations. And so by ordering your samples and just checking out blends, so again, when you're searching for fabrics, if you know that you like something drapey, then you can look for viscose and it will also kind of give you a list of the blends that you can have, you know, combining those things together. And like we mentioned, it's it's they can be blended with lots of different things. So viscose can be blended with cotton or linen just to add that extra soft feel or a bit of drape. And so it just gives you some ideas of um, different ways to, to get the same results. So tip number eight would be to look at the pattern reviews and blogs. So... When you have decided on your project, which we did in step one, then the next thing I would probably do is Google that pattern number or pattern name and try and find out if anybody else has made it. And this has been super useful for me. So I've definitely made decisions based on seeing that pattern made up in different fabrics by different people. And some people might make it with a thicker fabric, some people might make it with a thinner fabric, and you can decide with the finished look whether that's you know what you're going for or whether it's not. So I remember looking for a, I think it was on a t-shirt pattern or something like that, and I saw that somebody had made it in a ponty and somebody had made it in a, a jersey, and I really didn't like the ponty version. It just looked too bulky and too, it didn't really, it just didn't really work in my view. So I knew that I had to buy something, a fabric that was going to be softer. Equally, recently I was looking at a dress pattern. I can't remember which one it was off the top of my head. And somebody had made it in a, a twill, I think. And it just it was just divine, a viscose twill. And it was just gorgeous. And I thought, yeah, definitely, that's, that's what I'm going to look for. And that's how I want it to look, my finished garment. So often the reviewers and the bloggers will tell you what they've made it from. And that just gives you some hints and tips as to whether you like that or you don't like that. Again, it's useful for if you, it, it will introduce you to fabrics that maybe you hadn't thought of. So if you're always making everything out of cotton and linen, then, then I would highly recommend looking at other pattern reviews and blogs because you'll start to see how other people are interpreting that pattern and using, using those, those fabrics. So tip number nine is um, really my final tip. And this is just something that really came up for me more in ready to wear, but I've been more conscious of it now when I'm looking for fabrics, which is to be aware of the impact of dye on a fabric. So not all dyes cause the fabric to behave in the same way. 
And an example is that I recently bought some jeggings from a ready-to-wear shop and they had two versions of the jeggings and I thought they fitted so nicely, I'll have them in a black and a blue. I just thought, you know, I'll go for it because I really hate, I might have heard in other blogs, but I don't like buying trousers. I've got a funny shaped bum and I'm quite short and so it can be quite difficult. And so if I find something that fits, then I tend to just get a couple of those in different colours and then I'll just live and die in those. Anyway, so I bought a particular, I tried on a particular size in the changing room in the blue and it fitted lovely and, you know, I thought, great, I'll have a couple of these. So I grabbed the black and I thought, I'll just try them on before I, before I buy them just to make sure. And I could, I couldn't get the black ones on, even though they were exactly the same size, exactly the same style. But the nature of black dye is that it impedes, it can impede the stretch of a fabric, particularly in this in this instance. And so I found it was, it, it definitely affected the properties of the finished garment. And so it's worth being aware that different dyes have a different impact on the fibres and they can affect the properties of those fibres and ultimately then the property of the final garment. So it's not a huge thing and I wouldn't worry about it. It's probably a bit more advanced in terms of when you're searching. But it's just to make you aware that you might order the same fabric in two different colourways and they might feel a little bit different or they might um, behave a little bit differently. So don't take it quite for granted and just kind of have it in the back of your mind, particularly if you're going to be ordering something that you, let's say you're going to make a block, like a a block patterned garment where you've got two different colours of the same type of fabric in the dress or the top or whatever just get your samples and make sure that they both feel the same or if they don't and you like that then that's great too but just be aware that they might not behave quite the same just because they're different colours of the same fabric. So they're my top nine tips and I'm just going to recap just so that you can make a note of those and I'll stick them in the show notes as well. So the first is make sure you decide on your project. The second is part of that which is then deciding on your colour scheme Then if you don't already have a library of samples, then start looking in your wardrobe at fabrics and um, fibres that you like. Start to build up some samples. So order samples of the ones that you've narrowed down your search to and start to look at different combinations of those and keep those and make a note of the details of each sample that you buy. Build your sample library, which is step five. So add more details to it. And you might just buy stuff because you think um, on a particular pattern, it's, it suggests a particular type of fabric. So one that you don't see very often is Bengaline, for example. And I ordered some of that. And I really like that fabric. It's really versatile, but it's not at all what I expected. So because I saw the name on there and I didn't know what it was, I just thought I'll order a sample of that, even though I wasn't planning to make out of that. And I didn't make that garment, but I have made other garments from that since then. So... If you see the name of something you don't recognise, maybe search for it and see if you can get a sample. My step six is to check the weight. So look at the grams per square metre and try and get a sense of what kind of weights you like and what's going to work for summer or winter or different projects. Step seven is to consider different blends. So start to explore with different percentages of different fibres and see how that works and how that affects the different samples. Tip number eight is to look at pattern reviews and blogs and see what other people have used and how that looks in their finished garment and whether you like that look or you don't like that look and then you can start to make notes against that. And tip number nine is to be aware of the impact of dye. So make sure that don't take for granted that if you order one sample in a particular colour that the other samples are all going to be the same. They might not. It's likely that they will, but they might not. So just be aware of that as a thing. 
Okay, so just a few actions for you from this episode. I think it'd be a great idea if you could go to your wardrobe and just start to take a look at the labels. Get get familiar with the names of the fibres of the fabrics of the things that you already wear. Start to make a note of what you like, why you like it, what you don't like, why you don't like it. And then you can start to avoid those and narrow down your search. The key to honing in on getting exactly the right fabric is basically ruling out all the options that you don't want and then picking the ones that you do. So I think if you can halve the choice of things that you're looking for, then it just starts to keep halving it down, then it will make it a lot easier rather than just searching through reams and reams of pages of website fabric details. My second tip would be to uh, print out the swatch template that I've given you in the link in the show notes and just order a few swatches. Get into the feel of doing it, see what comes, see what you get, see what it's like, what that experience is like and build up your first your first samples. And so some places to have a look are, like we mentioned, Ray Stitch, Minerva, Fabric Godmother, Guthrie & Garney, My Fabrics, Funky Fabrics, Contrado, Dalston Mills and Fashion Formula and so I'll put all the links to those in the show notes but just start to have a look for places and when you are looking for fabrics before you start to get into all your searching just check whether they do or don't offer samples and if you really fall in love with something then maybe you can email the website and sometimes they'll they'll offer to send you something but yeah so I would recommend sticking to sites that do offer samples because it just makes your life a lot easier. And then if you do want to pursue this and do any further reading, there are two books that I refer to regularly and I really love, but they're not the cheapest of books, but I think they're a great investment. And the first is Fabric for Fashion, The Swatch Book by Clive Hallett and Amanda Johnston. And the second is the uh, companion to that, which is Fabric for Fashion, The Complete Guide by the same authors. And those two books just have a wealth of information. But again, always keep your eyes out and and look. The other tip that I would give you is I did buy some samples from eBay, some old header cards that somebody was selling. And I got a a batch of header cards, which are the the ones that the fabric um, suppliers use to sell to the retailers. And they often include the description of the fabric. It shows all the different colorways of the fabric and you get a few samples kind of attached to the card. And so just keep checking in places like eBay and have a look for some of those samples, see if they come up. And I would recommend, again, if you buy them, just check they've got the details on the header cards of the weight of the fabric and the composition. But again, they can be really useful and you can get a bargain because you can get quite a lot in one hit if you're just starting out and you're really interested in kind of finding out more about this. So that's it for today and I hope that you found this introduction to fabrics useful. I'm planning to do a mini series of different types of fabric just to give you a bit more detail and some suggestions of the kinds of patterns, where to look for some of the fabrics and just some of the things that you might not have heard of just to give you a bit of a, we've all heard of cotton and wool for example so I just want to kind of give you some tips on other fabrics and styles of fabrics that you might not have heard of so look out for those in the coming episodes and I hope you get something from this and take some of those actions. Well that's it for this episode thank you so much for listening check out the show notes in the description area of your podcast app and click to follow or subscribe or head over to sewmindful.com forward slash podcast which is s-e-w-m-i-n-d-f-u-l dot com where you can also sign up for an email reminder so that you don't miss out on any juicy episodes. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, then please help others find us by leaving a review if you love this episode. And I'm always excited to find out what you got from the episode and how you plan to use the tips. 
And finally, if you have a question, feedback or a topic you'd like me to investigate, then you can also email me at hello at somuchmorefun.co.uk. So until next time, stay gorgeous and have so much more fun. Thank you.